good morning. Welcome to Bikini Sunday here at Gateway. I'm glad uh, several of you are able to make it today. Uh, my name is Ed, if you're visiting with us, and I'm, I'm one of the pastors. And today we're going to talk about uh, an ill-used, uh, maybe often forgotten, that's ironic, but maybe often forgotten activity that has the capacity to encourage us emotionally, to improve our mental health, and to strengthen us spiritually. Um, well, it's not like we actually forget this activity. It's just that, that we don't think of it or use it regularly. So what is this magic activity? Uh, let, me, let me kick us off with prayer before we jump in. Father, thanks so much. We have already sensed your presence here this morning. and um, Continue to circle among us and speak to us today. Your servants are listening. I pray that uh, my words would be you, your word to us, and I pray, Father, that you'd forgive me of my sin so that I would not be an impediment. I pray, Lord, that there would be no impediment in any of us this morning to hearing from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So for starters this morning, before I jump into our magic activity, let me uh, piggyback on what Gloria just said and remind you that we are praying as a church through the month of January, hour by hour, 24-7, we're, we're trying to cover the month in prayer. And so far, I'm, I'm really impressed, impressed by some of the things that I've heard from some of you. I think to date we're 21 days in and, and we've only missed about 13 hours. So that's a lot of hours. And Many of those hours have been doubled or tripled up, so thank you guys. Don't miss it. If you have not uh, signed up yet, try it this week. Go to mygateway.life and try an hour in prayer. We're praying about all of our concerns, but we're especially focusing as families and as a church on what God has for us next. As individuals, as families, and as a church, what does God want next for us? And then on Sundays, when in our time together, we've been looking at... Uh, the kinds of attitudes and even habits that will help us move into whatever it is that God has for us next. We've especially been looking at the Old Testament story of Joshua as a model for facing our next adventure. Um, our first week together, we said, if we want to move healthily into what God has for us next, we have to nurture the right way of thinking. We have to nurture the right mindset. And, and we said that right way of thinking has five elements. Readiness, uh, being strong and courageous, trusting in God's promises, obeying what God has to say, and building our lives on the book. And then week two, we looked at Joshua chapter two, and we said a couple of important things. We said flamingos are pink because they eat shrimp. But more importantly, we said that in order to move healthily into whatever God has, yes, we did uh, do a true-false quiz for the kids, and we talked about flamingos. For those of you who weren't here, you missed it. Uh, more importantly, we said that in order to move healthily into what God has for us next, we must claim the right view of God. We've got to see God rightly, increasingly so. We quoted A.W. Tozer who said, what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And then we acknowledge that if we give our allegiance to God, he can change our place in history. Well, today we'll continue to look at Joshua and to think about how we get ready for whatever God has for us next. And, and this morning we're going to see how the Israelites regularly engaged in an activity, an ill-used activity, an often forgotten activity, ironically so, uh, that has the capacity to encourage us emotionally, this activity. 
It has the capacity to improve our mental health. This activity has the capacity to strengthen us spiritually. So what is this activity? <laughs> well, basically, we're talking about remembering. Commemorating God's activity in our lives has the capacity to encourage us emotionally, to improve our mental health, and to strengthen us spiritually. Commemorating God's activity in our lives. Joshua chapter 3 records how the entire Israelite company moved across the Jordan River, and this was no small thing. Men, women, children, animals, supplies, treasures, they all had to make it across the river, and there were no bridges. So these Israelites leaned on what they'd already heard God had done for their parents, and a few of the priests grabbed the Ark of the Covenant and went out to the edge of the Jordan River, and uh, by faith they waited. And at a certain point, the river began to grow shallow, and, and uh, then the water completely dried up, and they were able to walk across the whole company. They were able to, able to walk across the river on dry ground. And now listen to this. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And well, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, uh, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Now verses 8 and 9. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood and they are there to this day. In other words, they set up a marker to help them remember they built an altar to commemorate the amazing thing that God had done. And that altar served as a memory device for generations. Every time an Israelite passed that heap of stones, they were reminded what God can do. The story of Joshua teaches us that if we want to move healthily into this next year, if we want to move healthily into whatever God has for us next, we will practice continual commemoration in our lives. Now, I know some of you use a journal this way. You, you write down stuff. You remember what God has done. You write it down. You, you can even reflect on it later. A few of you know uh, uh, Jan Zacharias. Jan and Marianne are uh, neighbors of mine and Diane's. Jan has collected rocks over the years from significant events in his life, some, some a significant spiritual event, and he will find a rock physically, a rock nearby. He has those rocks displayed in his house, and he can tell you a story about each one. Some of you simply do this through storytelling. Uh, I, I have a couple of gateway stories that I tell at almost every Pizza with the Pastor event, and almost without fail, uh, one of you will come to me after that and say, wow, you know, that was, that was an encouraging story. Thank you for telling it. I have to tell you, I, I do it selfishly. It's way more encouraging for me. I've told the story 200 times. And I still get encouraged when I tell it. Chapter 5 of Joshua records an entirely different kind of commemoration. Listen to this one. Chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord dried up the Jordan River before the Israelites till they crossed over, their hearts melted. They no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Look, make some flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Ouch! 
Uh, so Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. Now, this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. So, needed to be. Down to verse 8. And, the whole, after the, and after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in the camp until they healed. Um, this, now, look, if you're familiar with earlier parts of the Old Testament, then you may remember that God had instructed them to perform circumcision as a physical sign of their relationship, of their connection with himself. It was a symbol on their bodies of their connection to God, kind of like a wedding ring, only more painful. It was, in effect, a permanent commemoration. And God instructed Joshua here to renew it, to re-up on this commemorating activity. He wanted the next generation to be all in, and he wanted them to carry the sign of their all-inness on their bodies. The story of Joshua teaches us that if we want to move healthily into what God has for us next, one of the little tricks that we can do to help ourselves and encourage ourselves is to practice continual commemoration. Now, if you read the book of Joshua, you'll find that the first eight chapters of the book cover the first part of their war to capture the land. It was a success, including several significant battles, all of which saw Israelite victories. Then at the end of uh, Joshua chapter 8, we read this. Listen to this at the end of Joshua chapter 8. Then Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the Israelites, he built it in accordance to what is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no iron tool had been used. On it they offered to the Lord burnt offerings and sacrifice fellowship offerings. There, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua copied on stones the law of Moses, which he had written. That, that was a painstaking effort. All Israel, aliens and citizens alike, with their elders, officials, and judges, were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, facing those who carried it, the, the priests who were the Levites. Half of the people stood in front of uh, Mount Gerizim. Half of them stood in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had formally commanded when he gave instructions to bless the people of Israel. Afterward, Joshua read all the words of the law, the, the blessings, and the curses, just as it's written in the book of the law. There was, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole company of Israel, including the women and children and, and the aliens who lived among them. So when you hear this, think of, think of like a, a, an older couple renewing their, their wedding vows, a, a wedding renewal. This is that kind of ceremony that we're witnessing here. And it's a commemoration ceremony. It's a special remembering of what God had said and what God had done. And it's a renewal of their relationship based on God's words to them. Plus, to accentuate the remembrance, Joshua erected an altar to the Lord there. That altar would serve to, for generations as a place to sacrifice in, until they built the temple. Commemorating God's activity in our lives has the capacity to encourage us emotionally, to improve our mental health, to strengthen us spiritually. If we want to move forward healthfully, we will practice continual commemoration. Okay, this week I found uh, two studies that were conducted back in the 1980s. There have been several since, but two studies that were 
conducted back in the 1980s by two different pairs of social psychologists, which demonstrated that remembering positive past events has a profound and positive impact on our overall happiness. And we know this is true. We've all spent evenings reminiscing with friends just a few weeks ago before the end of the year. Diane and I had good friends from our years in Boston that uh, have a camper and they're, they're now traveling around the country. And they came and uh, stayed with us for a couple of evenings. And one night we went out to dinner and laughed our heads off at stories about you know, our, our years there and uh, different things that had happened between us and to each one of us. And also, just had this incredibly warm time recollecting some things that, that God had done in, in, in their lives and in ours. We know this from experience. We know these kinds of evenings. You've had them. But this, this kind of remembering does more than provide one evening of fun. It has long-term benefits. I want you to listen to this synopsis that uh, a medical doctor gave of, these, of the two studies that I talked about earlier. He said this, this research showed that those who intentionally recall and savor positive memories experience a noticeably greater enjoyment of life overall. Those who reminisced and actively engaged in reliving happy experiences reported greater happiness and higher levels of overall satisfaction than those who did not have an intentional practice. Nostalgia, it turns out, doctors still speaking, nostalgia, it turns out, has the power to boost self-esteem, amplify positive emotions, and even act as a buffer against negative thoughts. Indulge me just a little bit more here. I found other studies which showed that intentionally recalling happy experiences can help disrupt negative thought patterns, alleviate anxiety, and even lower stress hormone levels. I won't go into the details, but I was fascinated accompanying some of these studies. They're, they're evidently mental health practitioners are beginning to use this as a technique, uh, especially with young people. They're training young people to remember positive things from their past, even from the past week or years ago, and to do so as a discipline, as a regular habit, not just whenever it comes up. They're, they're using this to primarily to treat anxiety and depression. We shouldn't be surprised by this. Remembering and solemnizing God's activity has long-term benefits. Remembering and solemnizing God's activity has long-term benefits. Look, for these Israelites, this, this practice of commemorating God's activity, it wasn't accidental. Don't snooze on this part. I want you to hear this. Moses' last message to Joshua and to the whole company, the whole nation, was recorded for us as the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. That's Moses' last will and testament to the people. And one of the central themes of that book, one of the central themes of Moses' last message was remember. Sixteen times Moses exhorted them to remember in that one book. But it's not just the number of times, it's the context of those encouragements that strikes us. And I want to just give you a partial list this morning from the book of Deuteronomy. Knowing that they would be tempted, I'm going to scroll through these quickly, uh, Nathan, so yeah, pull these up. Knowing that they would be tempted to forget the Lord and knowing their tendencies to drift spiritually, Moses said this, remember and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in the wilderness from the day you left Egypt until you arrived here. You have been rebellious against the Lord. Remember that. 
knowing that they would be tempted to forget the importance of following God's way because he knew they would. Moses said, remember, you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Remember that knowing that they would be tempted to be afraid and and not to finish the job, that they would be tempted to give up, that they might be tempted to be quitters. Moses said this, but do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt, knowing that they would eventually be successful and they would eventually build a nice life in Northern Virginia, but that they might be tempted to think that their reason for that nice life was themselves. Moses said, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his command. And then later he said, but remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Remember, 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 it will keep you on track. It will strengthen your relationship with God. It will help you maintain your composure and difficulty. It will help you finish well. Remember, remember, remember. So it was no accident and should be no surprise to us that Joshua led the people to constantly commemorate what God had done among them and for them, and he wants us to do the same. Commemorating God's activity in our lives has the capacity to encourage us emotionally, to improve our mental health, and to strengthen us spiritually. Now look, we're okay at this. We, we remember and we celebrate birthdays. In some of your homes, that is a huge big deal. We have a couple of people on staff who I think celebrate their birthday for a month. Uh, we celebrate anniversaries. This is, this is all good. Let's get even better, and let's, let's get better especially at trying this activity around God's activity in our lives, not just about us. What has God done? That, that, um, that new job or that promotion, that's not the strength of your hand, that new home. That's not because you've been so clever uh, that 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 healing, that deepening experience that you've had. Commemorate, remember, find a way to solemnize that. And parents, teach your children to do this. Have fun family times around remembering God's activity in our lives. Not just celebrating birthdays, but boy, this this was the day, remember? This was the day when you decided to give your life to Christ and celebrate that every year. Build this habit as individuals and as families. The habit of commemorating God's activity in our lives. So I want us, we try to do this each week during this January series, and I want us this morning to make a declaration, and then we're going to do a little bit of lab work. So if you would, choir, stand with me. And we're going to say together, I will recount and celebrate what God has done in my life. And we're going to make it as a declaration. We're going to, we're going to declare this to our own soul. Uh, I, I love one of the songs that the team led us in this morning. Uh, you know, we, we were, in that song, we were, awake my soul and sing. It reminds me of Psalm 42 and 43. The psalmist, uh, read this later, the psalmist is struggling with depression. And uh, he, the psalmist 
speaks to his own soul. Why are you so downcast within me? Soul, put your hope in God. So this is what we're doing this morning. We are, we are, we are speaking to our own soul. We're waking ourselves up and we are declaring before him that we will recount and celebrate what God has done. We will practice continual commemoration. This is the most practical thing we can do. Let's do it. All right, everybody. I will recount and celebrate what God has done in my life. Um, why don't you sit down for a second? All right, let's try, let's try some quick lab work. I'm going to ask if you would, uh, just to eliminate distractions, this will be helpful for most of you. If it's not, that's okay. You, you don't have to close your eyes. But to help eliminate distractions for most of us, let's close our eyes. And I want you to try to remember back to the first time you experienced God, the first time you felt the realness of God. Maybe when you were a little child or maybe you were a teenager looking up at the vast sky or maybe a profound conversation with friends or maybe a conversation with your parents when you were a kid. Young people, I'm talking to you as well. It might have been a time in church. It might have been at some camp. You might have been alone somewhere. It might have been in your 30s. What was the first time that you, you, you really connected? You, you felt like there was something in the universe. Remember back to that time. I want you to do your best in the next moments to Put a marker around that time. Fill that memory out. Uh, drill down on it. Where were you? Remember as much about it and around it as you can. Just fill that out. Don't stop. Keep working at it. It may not come easily, but keep working. How old were you? Do you remember? If you find something, scratch around in your memory and see if there's an even earlier moment of sensing God's presence. You were a child, maybe, and you were praying for something, but it was more than just a normal prayer. You, you really meant it. If you have an experience with God in your mind this morning, that's okay. it's okay if you don't. Keep, keep, keep casting around in your memory. If you've got a, an experience in your mind, build a mental marker around it. Build a, build a mental structure around that, that moment, that encounter with God this morning. Commemorate it. Okay, uh, let's try something together. Um, stand with me, if you would. And I want you to... Uh, Turn to three or four people around you. Worship team, come on up. I want you to turn to three or four people around you. Um, circle up. Uh, and even if you're with your family, just that's fine today. Just circle up with three or four, um, no more than six. Make a little circle, standing circle, and um, share bare, bare minimum details of the memory that was in your mind. Just how old were you? Or maybe where were you? Or you might, for some of you, you know, I could not, I, 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 nothing came to mind. That's fine. That could be nothing came to mind. That could be it didn't give us enough time. That could also be none of your business. Stay out of my face. Whatever. 
Um, so uh, just, and if you're at home, give yourself a hug and uh, write that memory down maybe. Um, so let, this is just more commemoration. Uh, tell us about that moment. Go, qu really quick, 20 seconds each, go. Okay. Let's decircle, turn back around. Remain standing if you would. Uh, we're going to end our time today with a little bit more of uh, a little more of a memory exercise. We're going to participate in uh, communion today uh, in the Eucharist in this celebration. It is a celebration. It is a uh, mercy meal. Uh, it is a, a meal of unity, and it's a remembrance. Whenever you eat this and drink this, Jesus said, remember me. Remember the cross. Remember what I did. That's like, that's like, a, that's like a, a marker for all of human history, right? And for our history. So to prepare us for that, uh, I want you, we're going to learn a new song this morning, choir. Let's, let's do this one. Let's sing this with Jordan. This is it's a beautiful song. We will sing this, and then I'll come up in a second and invite you to come and participate. I'll give you instructions. But let's just prepare our hearts. Let's drill down on this idea of remembering. Let's prepare our hearts and uh, sing this with Jordan.